Hi guys, and welcome back to the Redcoat History Podcast. And I've got something a little bit different for you today. It's an in-betweeny episode. I'm taking a very short break from the Peninsula War so that I can cover something that's a little bit newsy. I don't want to say too much in the introduction because I'm going to cover all of this in the meat of the episode. But essentially, this is the audio from a documentary I've just made for my YouTube channel. If you're not already subscribed to that YouTube channel, then please do so. It's just Redcoat History. You can find it quite easily. Today's podcast is more of a story, really, almost an investigation. I came across a petition online, and it was looking to upgrade the military medal of a South African soldier, a black guy called Job Maseko, to a Victoria Cross. Living in South Africa, I wanted to find out a bit more about this guy, so I I started doing what research I could, and in the end, I went very, very deep. And this is the product of that research. I've tried not to make too many conclusions about whether Jobs should have had the Victoria Cross or not. I think listening to the interviews, you can make your own mind up about that. But what was great for me was to get to speak to so many of the people involved in this story. Jobs' surviving family members, Bill Gillespie, who started the petition, Keith Lumley over at the Victoria Cross Trust, and also the guys at the Ditsong Military Museum here in Johannesburg. It's a great story, and I hope you enjoy listening to it as much as I enjoyed making it. They decided to make a bomb, and they blew the ship. Way back, my dad had told me about him when I was a child growing up. If he had been a white soldier, would he have even got as high a award as, as the Victoria Cross? But in simple terms, it's for exceptional valour in face in the face of the enemy whilst in combat. A few weeks ago, I came across a petition online calling for a black South African soldier to have his military medal upgraded to a Victoria Cross. Job Maseko was a volunteer who served in the Native Military Corps of the South African Defence Force, or the Union Defence Force as it was then known. He was captured at Tobruk in 1942. While a prisoner of war, he made a bomb and blew up a German ship before escaping and walking for three weeks through the desert before reaching Allied lines. I thought this was a spectacular story, but I didn't know much about South Africa's black soldiers in the war. So I started my research by visiting the Ditsong Military Museum in Johannesburg. I'm Alan Sinclair and I'm a curator and researcher here at the Ditsong National Museum of Military History. Well, if I can start by saying that the Defence Act of 1912 uh, precluded non-white soldiers from serving uh, in a combatant capacity. So, but when, when the Second World War broke out, Uh, the government of General Smuts only used volunteers to serve on the battlefronts. As a result, and you know, we had a very small white population at the time, uh, a lot more uh, people were needed to fill the ranks. So a decision was then taken to take black colored and Indian soldiers on. 
but under the conditions of the Act, they would be serving in non-combatant roles. So they were used as orderlies, as uh, stretcher bearers, drivers, all that kind of thing. So I'm here at the Commonwealth War Graves Cemetery at West Park, Johannesburg. As I pay my respects, there's one thing I keep thinking about that must have been terrible for Job Maseko and his other colleagues, the other black South Africans who fought alongside him. And that's that even though they joined up to be warriors, they weren't allowed to be armed, they didn't carry firearms. And that must have been incredibly emasculating for guys who wanted to fight. Imagine being in the front lines fighting against arguably the, the toughest army that Britain has ever fought and being told you're not allowed to carry a gun. And that all came down to the South African government's fear of an armed black force that could one day overthrow a white minority government. Anyway, let's get back to Job's story. And in the page promoting the petition, it says, and this is a quote, The British generals nominated him for a Victoria Cross, a first for any black soldier anywhere. However, his immediate South African commanders found the idea alarming for a black man to get such a prestigious medal ahead of his white peers. Job Maseko was then notified that, in quotes, though many would like to see him awarded the Victoria Cross, the South African High Command would prefer him to receive the military medal, which, according to the author of this, was the lowest military medal presentable at the time. So could this be true? Well, I started off by contacting Bill Gillespie, the man who launched the petition, and this is what he said. Way back, my dad had told me about him when I was a child growing up, and my dad had been up north fighting, and he said there was this incredible brave Zulu who did something that not many people know about. And then I thought, wow, this chap actually needs more exposure. I mean, here's a chap who, who actually should have got the VC, really. There's no question about it. And all he got was a lowly military medal, which, and I'm not taking it away from people who actually won the military medal. They were brave as well. But Job should have got something far, far more um, prominent than a, a, a military medal. I have read the citations of the other South Africans. And again, I'm not taking away the bravery from them. But you know, the citations weren't as good as Job's. All the other people did something on the spur of the moment, which most Victoria Crosses are, in a short space of time, I'm going to take that machine gun nest, or I'm going to do that, and some very brave acts. Um, but Joe planned it, planned it, and it wasn't adrenaline-driven as these other chaps would have got their VCs. It, he planned it, he went through it, he knew what the consequences were, were going to be. If he was caught, there's no question he would have been executed, and probably his, his, his African friends as well would have been executed. So does Bill believe that racism stopped Job receiving Britain's highest award for valour? I'm absolutely certain of that. I'm absolutely certain of that. Um, that uh, I think he was, it was just a consolation prize, really, the military medal, for what he did. It should have been the Victoria Cross. No question. To try and back up that assumption, my next stop was the Public Records Office website, where I was able to find not only the citation for Job's military medal, but also the intelligence report of his actions. It makes for fascinating reading. His citation says, For meritous and courageous action, in that on or about the 21st of July, while a prisoner of war, he, Job Maseko, sank a fully laden enemy steamer, probably an F-boat, while moored into Brook Harbour. 
This he did by placing a small tin filled with gunpowder in among drums of petrol in the hold, leading a fuse therefrom to the hatch and lighting the fuse upon closing the hatch. In carrying out his deliberately planned action, Job Maseko displayed ingenuity, determination and complete disregard of personal safety from punishment by the enemy or from ensuing explosion which set the vessel alight. Attached to the citation is the statement that Lance Corporal Job Maseko made when he returned to Allied lines after his escape. Here's a couple of little bits I found interesting. In the forenoon, we were engaged on offloading the boat. We had not finished by lunchtime. In the afternoon, we were instructed to reload what we had offloaded. This was foodstuffs in cases and large tins. Then petrol was brought, first in large drums and then in tins, jerry cans. I told one of my comrades, Coos, to tell the others not to speak about what I was going to do. I also told Andrew, who stayed with me and knew about the tin and fuse, that I was going to burn the boat. Coos came to me and I confirmed that I intended burning the boat, and he said that he would engage in conversation with the German guard, who he said was a Hollander and with whom we were on quite good terms. I then placed the milk tin amongst the large petrol drums, covered it with straw, opened one of the jerry cans and poured petrol over the straw. I led the fuse from the tin along the ribs of the boat to the hatch. I was at the time alone in the hold as our work was at an end. I was told to close the manhole hatch. As I was doing so, Coos and Andrew were standing in front of the guard and talking to him. I then put a match to the fuse as I was closing the hatch, which was on a hinge. We were then taken back to the quay. I had previously worked at Dachafontein number two shaft and knew about fuses and explosives. We were then returned to camp. This was between five and six in the afternoon as the work was then over. Shortly after returning to camp and as I was sitting outside my tent and looking towards the harbour as I was excited about what I had done, I first saw smoke appearing. I then heard a succession of explosions. Later I saw a flame while explosions continued. There's then a comment from the naval officer in charge of Tobruk who says, It is considered that the statement made by this native can be confirmed, and that there is no doubt whatever that a lighter of some unknown type was sunk by some means close to this estimated position. What I find most interesting is then on the citation, he was originally recommended for the British Empire Medal, but presumably on receipt of this intelligence report, that was crossed out and then handwritten under it, it says Immediate Military Medal. There's certainly no mention on the paperwork here of the Victoria Cross. The Victoria Cross, as followers of this channel will know, is Britain's highest award for valour. But what is the exact criteria for being awarded one? I asked Keith Lumley from the Victoria Cross Trust. The criteria for the VC, there's st still some elements of it that are shrouded in a little bit of secrecy, because ultimately a decision is, is taken at, right at the very top. But in simple terms, it's for exceptional valour in, in the face of the enemy whilst in combat. And that's the reason why there is a limited number of uh, VC awards. Uh, there's no requirement for people to be wounded um, or killed, for that matter. It's a selfless act of exceptional valour in the face of the enemy. And there's no doubt at all that what Job did in terms of the sabotage of the ship, which was probably 
a freighter, probably a German armed uh, cruiser of, of something of that nature, was exceptionally dangerous, would probably have led to his death had he been caught. But it still, at the moment, doesn't seem to me to quite hit the level of a VC. And there's a couple of reasons for that. It wasn't witnessed is one of those. Um, whilst there's no doubt that he did what he did, and that is clear in the reports, um, uh, and from other witnesses who, who testified that he said that he was going to do it and it happened, but nobody actually saw him do it. And I think that's possibly one of the weaknesses in this. He went on also to walk across the desert when he escaped. And he also set up a radio station alongside an unexploded bomb. I mean, the crazy actions, but, but still very, very brave and notable things to do. And I just get the sense from what I've read that his military medal is a reflection of those three actions together, walking across the desert. But unless there is a little bit more, that it just doesn't quite seem yet to meet that criteria for me, compared to all the others that I've read. Do other experts feel the same way? The South African war artist Neville Lewis actually makes mention of this in his book, that he had been recommended for the Victoria Cross. Uh, there's been no sort of hard concrete proof of that. Um, it is possible had he been a white South African he would have got a higher medal, at least something like the Distinguished Conduct Medal. Uh, it's, it's one of those things we'll never know. Personally, I think, yes, he should have got a, an, a higher award uh, than what he got, the military medal. Job survived the war, but perhaps the biggest travesty for him and other black South African soldiers was the way they were treated on their return. They didn't get much. They got, at most, a suit, which was made out of the material that had been used in the uniforms, a bicycle, and possibly shoes, and that's all they got. White soldiers were given housing, you know, that, that, that sort of capability of, of reward for serving in the war. You know, and that, that's one of the things that we at the Military History Museum try to put right in a way, is to show exactly what happened. Uh, it's, it is believed that the ANC were able to build up their their strength after the war as a result of the treatment of black soldiers. Many black soldiers were so disenchanted by the way they were treated after the war that they had no other choice but to find a home in the ANC where their grievances could be aired. And, you know, the ANC were then able to, through this strength that they developed, uh, go into things like the defiance campaign of the 1950s as a result of that. Another thing it said in the blurb for Bill's petition was, and this is a quote, sadly, Job Maseko was killed in 1952 by being hit by a train. He died a pauper and his family had to beg and borrow money for his funeral, end quote. Now that made me very sad, but was it true? A colleague who's from the same neighborhood as Job helped me track down the Maseko family. This is the picture of the world. They were kind enough to allow us to visit them in Kwatema Township outside Johannesburg and find out more. 
they decided to make a bomb and they blew the ship. When they survived, when they survived, fighting with the other soldiers, staying days in the desert, trying to run away, coming back. And furthermore, coming back, he ended up being a policeman. So he was able to find a job after the war. He wasn't a pauper, but he did die in a train accident and appears to have been decapitated at Springs Railway Station. A tragic end for such a great man. A piece of good news, though, is that he's not forgotten here in Quatema. In fact, this school, close to where he's from, is named in his honour. His original gravestone still stands outside reception, and inside newspaper articles commemorate his life story. So what would it mean for the rest of the family if, against the odds, their uncle Job was to finally receive the Victoria Cross that many people believe he deserves? Job's niece, Jennifer Marba, tells me that it would mean a lot to the family, that they would have a goal to aim for, great footsteps to follow in. But could it actually happen? Could the VC be awarded to job? After all these years, that's very, very difficult. But there is precedent. Teddy Sheehan uh, of the Australian Navy um, uh, was awarded a VC in November of last year, following 50 years of lobbying by his family for an act that took place in 1942, uh, where he fought off uh, Japanese aircraft that was strafing his colleagues who were in the water. His ship was sinking. He strapped himself to the, to the Orlikan uh, anti-aircraft uh, weapon uh, and sadly the ship went down and he went down with it. Well, his family lobbied and eventually when evidence was clarified, more evidence came out and people were able to have a good fresh look at it, he was awarded the VC in November of last year. And that should mean that people, families should never give up in the hope that they may be able to uncover something that would, would allow that to happen. If you look at members of the SAS in the Long Range De Desert Group, uh, those that founded the SAS haven't earned, or well, they have earned it, but they haven't received the VC. Um, uh, but there are still campaigns out there trying to get those individuals the VC awarded. So families uh, and other people that are interested shouldn't stop, they should keep looking if anybody out there has got any evidence from family testimony, then share it and you never know, we may end up with an additional VC uh, for Job. And so, Job Maseko's final resting place seems like a fitting end to this story. His tombstone was replaced just a few years ago and is in great condition, well maintained by the family and well looked after. Perhaps this true hero deserves to have the letters VC after his name. But even if it's decided he doesn't, then it's great to see that his memory lives on, as should the memory of all who have fought for their country. So I hope you enjoyed that story, guys. I really enjoyed making it, and I think it was an important story to tell. 
Like I said in the intro, I'm keen for you to draw your own conclusions about whether Job Maseko deserved a Victoria Cross or not. So please do feel free to message me about that. For me, the biggest travesty is the way black South African soldiers were treated after the war in comparison to their white colleagues. And I hope that this short documentary has helped to fill in a few gaps in your own knowledge like it did for me. I've learned a lot. And I'm hoping black South Africans will be listening to this episode as well and come away with some new information and a better understanding of what happened during World War II. Anyway, in the meantime, guys, please don't forget to subscribe, check out the YouTube channel, and also feel free to visit my website, redcoathistory.com, where you can also sign up for my monthly dispatch. It's like a newsletter, essentially, packed with really interesting and useful links to military history-related stories.